0: Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. It's a new year and we're just doing the same old rubbish uh, because that's what we do. It's miserable out, uh, both in weather, life's miserable. It sucks because we're living in dystopian futures. So we're here to bring you a bit of light, a bit of joy and rebel against 1984. So once again, I'm Bradley. And after that long intro joined by Stu. Nothing changes. How are you doing, Stu? <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I like to think some things change, but I I think, you know, it's one of those where I'm really going to push for it this year because I'm just, like, I'm fed up. You know when you get to the stage where you're like, okay, no, no, I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) I sod this. I'm doing new stuff. So, yeah, life changes are afoot. One of the big ones is hopefully moving house this year. Um, So that'll be a huge thing. So I'm trying to, like, keep everything as interesting and exciting as I can, even though, yeah, it's kind of dull, it's kind of depressing, but, you know, that's
0: January. Yeah, we still want to move. We still want to move to Liverpool again. Uh, yeah. Bloody COVID. Also, I missed the opportunity then, because now you're the total opposite, because it used to be everything changes but shoe, but now shoe wants to change.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of weird to, to be felt of as a constant, <laughs> like... An immovable rock. Uh I know. Yeah, I'm kind of... That's, hmm. I suppose I'm an emotional rock, I'll tell you that. I'm not the rock, obviously.
0: I, I mean, that'd be cool if you was. I'd ask you to go, suki, sure, you lend me a quarter of a meal to get a nice house in Liverpool, if you was the rock. I know, right? If the rock is listening, by the way, do the right thing.
1: He must be. He's
0: got to be. Yeah. Yeah, of course he is. He's got to be one of our 30-odd listeners. Got to be.
1: It makes sense. It makes sense to me.
0: A <laughs> um, couple of things before we get going. Um, one, I think I've got to send my Steam Deck off to Valve. Uh, my trackpads have stopped doing haptic things. things. Oh. And I didn't think it would be an issue uh, because... I, I thought, oh, do you know what? Like the haptics are nice to have, and then I used the track the trackpad with the dead haptics, and oh boy, you need haptics.
1: Yeah, good God.
0: Um, yeah. Now, but the question is, I've upgraded my drive from a sixty-four to a two-five-six. Do I take the risk that I will get my one back with fixed trackpads, or do I change it? Because if I change it, if I don't change it, they're guaranteed to send me a new system.
1: I would put you... Have you still got the old one?
0: Yeah, somewhere.
1: If you can find it, I'd put the old one in it. Honestly,
0: just my, it, it are, are people generally do it, but it's definitely an ADHD thing. I went, mean, oh, this is a crack piece of old technology, but I should keep it in case I ever need to send it back. Flung it somewhere. I don't know where I flung it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I do the same, except, oh, I'll put it in this really clever, safe easy to access place, But of course, they're only those things if you know where they are yeah. and you remember putting them there in the first place.
0: But that makes them incredibly safe because when you get broken into and someone goes, where's the money? You go, honestly, oh, mate, I generally, genuinely do not know. <laughs> yeah. It's just just yeah. rip the place apart. I'm not trying to stop you. Rip the place apart. I just don't know where it is.
1: Yeah. If you find it, you know, give give me some or at least tell me where it was so I can remember for future. That sort yeah. of thing.
0: Yeah. Leave, leave a note the, the yeah. hidden money is in the fridge or something like that it's just directions <laughs> yeah uh, also as a complete aside um, having young children is sometimes good right when you was a bit younger did you ever watch like crap tv and crap tv movies on like the disney channel and stuff well of course like your teen angels and stuff like that of course you did of course, yeah, of course. Right, and they were brilliant. They're, they're, they're crap, but they're brilliant. We know this. Well, Edith became obsessed with a film trilogy called Zombies. Right. Sorry, Z dot O dot M dot B dot I dot E dot S. Um, right. And it's basically it's a high school musical type thing, but there's like humans in there, but there's also zombies. But the zombies have feeds; like they don't eat brains. or they, they do eat brains, but not in a horror way. It's like, oh, now we don't eat brains and we we generally get to live. And um, It's really badly acted. There's lots of singing and stuff like that. It's By all intents and purposes, it's bad. But do you know what? I bloody love it. Yeah, <laughs> Edith puts it on. And I'm like, first of all, I was like, oh, God, this going to be rubbish. By now, she's like, oh, Dad, can I put zombies on? I'm like, yeah, go for it go for it uh, it's got some brilliant songs in it there's a, a, a song in there about like how the zombie and the human girl get together and stuff like that and me and Edith sing it together because it's brilliant uh, nice it's, it's, but it's really, really bad, but it's so, so good. It's really heartwarming as well, because it's about accepting people or, you know, everyone for who they are and stuff like that. So the first one, the zombies like are getting to go to the school and break down barriers and stuff like that. And then in the sequel, there's werewolves, and it's about accepting the werewolves. Um, and then the third one, there's an alien race that joins them and stuff like that. And it's honestly just lovely rubbish brilliant
1: (laughs) I like that there should be more stuff like that that you just get obsessed with that's actually a little bit crap yeah Um, I think like Mel my wife got not obsessed but she was really into that the rig that's on Amazon Prime which is I've not
0: abso- seen
1: that. Oh, man, it is the most abysmal thing. Even by the end, even she was kind of a little bit like, oh, yeah, no, this is this is tosh. <laughs> but she, she was enjoying it because it was so cheesy, and that's the main
0: yeah. thing. Well, that's what I like. When you've got something that's bad, but the characters, the actors, everyone is generally having fun with it, that comes across. When you've got something that's trying to be good, and it's bad, so the walking dead, by the end yes that's just like i just that's a slog that's tedious and it's like it's, this is trying to be good and it's the opposite because technically it's good it's well shot apart from that deer scene if you know what i'm talking about with the bad cgi but generally it's well shot well acted storylines make sense etc 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 uh as much sense as zombies can do i linked that quite well without even thinking about it um yeah but you kind of watching it going just this is bad i can see why people like it but it's just bad whereas this i'm going this is bad but i love it this is brilliant yeah Um, so but of
1: course you know what else has zombies don't you
0: i do know what else has zombies tv shows have zombies too that's right they do yeah Yeah. but also video games hey there we go no video games i've been playing though no nor me so no i was gonna say what about you so oh, what actually, have you? Been... I, oh, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, kind of. Well, well, we'll we'll come to that one later. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I've played Stubbs the Zombie.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I
0: forgot. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, it's uh... God, what have you been playing, Joe. Let's oh, get into it. Start twenty twenty three right.
1: Well, we'll we'll try. So I've been playing a game called Hubris, or Hubris, depending on where you're from, which is a VR game, a VR adventure, sci fi, where. Yeah, well, it keeps it kind of opaque at the beginning. You're sent to this planet to do some jobs for a corporation. That's pretty much like the basis of it. It's good, nice and lean, gets you there straight away. You land on this planet and you've got to kind of, you know, walk around, do some objectives. The game so far, it's like there are hostile alien organisms that you have to occasionally fight off. um, And the rest of it is kind of puzzle adventure stuff physically manipulating the scenery and stuff so so far so sort of Half-Life Alex, but no one as good what it does well though is it has the kind of a lot of the sort of not tropes but characteristics of a lot of kind of adventure VR games so you know you can uh, you know you have your regular platforming bits uh, which are good and kind of slightly zero G bits sorry um and you have your manipulating objects you know, with your controllers, That feels like you're doing it in real life, and that's all very good. But it does have as well, it has a full underwater system. And I've not played a VR game. I'm not sure if there are any, but I've not played one that is pretty much 50% land and 50% water. So when you're in the water, you use actual swimming motions to swim obviously much curtailed, you don't have to like fling your arms about. You can do <laughs> them go co- comparatively small. But yeah, you manipulate you know you manipulate the environment, the water by moving your hands around and swim. And it's really good. It works really, really well. And it allows for some stuff that obviously the the land based stuff doesn't do. So that gives it you know, a little bit of an air of mystery. The graphics are different. There's a nice filter over it when you're underwater, that doesn't stop you seeing, but it's obviously different from when you're on land, and it is immersive because <laughs> of course it's water. Um, so yeah, it's uh, so far it's not amazing. It's very very good though, and it is uh, it got a lot of hype um, in the VR community because it's quite ambitious and the graphics are really quite good they're like fairly high end and there haven't been a lot of those recently a lot of them have been sort of upscaled ports of quest games so they've not looked you know they've looked fine but they've not been built from the ground up for PC so it's nice to get something like that it's a good adventure game so far and I like the physics so yeah it's a thumbs up so far on that one
0: yeah it's um, it's the one that I nearly got you code for but too late weren't it that's the one yes it's um, it looks interesting, so it's good to know that at least, at least, like, even though you paid for it, it wasn't a waste of money in the end. There's, there's stuff there to enjoy. Um, oh, don't
1: get me wrong, I'm still bitter about it, but yeah, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, but yeah. I would
0: have felt really bad had you have got it. And God, this is dreadful. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's, it, I, I like look at it when I saw the um, <clears throat> description of it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it's one that I went oh that makes me want to pop lucas's oculus onto the steam onto steam and give it a go yeah um but i probably still won't uh get round to it because it's it's just those extra couple of steps that make me go uh nah i've got a steam deck here i could pick that up um yeah i've got to have two weeks without a steam deck at some point so interesting (sighs) Not but fair. yeah, no, it looks really good. Um, I like the aesthetic of it, the setting of it all seems good, so yeah, no, I'm glad you, you're liking that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> those this uh, that level of game ha- hasn't come along for quite some time, so it's it's nice, nice to see they're still being made. I'm really interested in what happens with PSVR 2. I can't afford to buy a PSVR 2, but I'm interested to see what happens with it.
0: Um, what about the U um, Hive or Hive, no, not Hive, Vive. Uh, that was shown at CES that's over a grind.
1: Well, yeah, in an ideal world, yeah. But <laughs> it's like, wh- where's the commitment to the games, you know? Is is there any real value in having a PC headset that's really expensive when you're kind of scrabbling around for games and, you know, most of them are ports and the Oculus Store is really expensive. And and for the, at the moment, the best thing about PC gaming is the... Well, the fact that there's a lot, there's a community that's turning a lot of games into VR, flat screen to VR as they call it, and they've just recently cracked getting the Unreal Engine, well, Unreal Engine Four, so that they can do that. Now that opens up pretty much every game released (laughs) in the last sort of four or five years, if it's you know, if it's uh, brought to fruition. So. That would be amazing. So yeah, yeah.
0: These these headsets aren't cheap enough for you to go. Oh, I can have a couple to cover different platforms and yeah. stuff like that. It's... Precisely. Yeah. So I mean, if I'm looking at one, I'm looking. For, I would be looking at one that I know I can at least use on Steam.
1: Yeah, I think the best. Uh, that's why. Yeah, I want to see what PSVR two does because it will it will push some really attractive games. that are yeah. p- quite powerful. That's great. Uh, I want to see what that does with Quest and how those two battle it out because Quest is definitely the best option at the moment because yeah. the, the portability and you can also connect it to a PC and play all the and big it's games cheap. as well. And comparatively, it's cheap. comparatively, comparatively, so I mean, it's- <laughs> yeah, it's not a grand, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. You know, you're looking at the Oculus; it's a new console essentially um, that you just wear on your head, um, and three hundred odd quid for one of the models is a Price where like, when Lucas said that's what he wants for his birthday Christmas, I was like, okay, I could do that. We can work that one out. If he'd yeah. have turned around and went, I want a HCC5, I'd be like, you can <laughs> go out and earn that money, turn tricks, bud, because there's no way I can afford that otherwise. Totally, totally. Uh, but yeah, uh, but moving on, I've been playing a game that's, I uh, don't know if it would work in VR, might do one day, who knows. Um, It's a roguelite, but bear with me here, Um, city builder game called Against the Storm, which I got at Christmas and I immediately sunk 25 odd hours into it um, and became absolutely addicted. And the reason I became addicted to this one, it does all the usual things you expect from a city builder and resource management. So you have to build like places for your your little people to, to live. You then need to build things that allow you to expand. Um, you have to get everything working in harmony together. Um, you have to sometimes get things happen that you've got to work to sort of like survive those <coughs> and prevent things getting worse. You get more people, You they consume more food, so you've got to find more food, you need more houses, all the usual stuff with a city builder. But what I like about this uh, in particular is when I play a city builder, whether it's City Skylines, whether it's the Civ games, anything like that, I get to a point where I go, I can't manage this any further. There's too much for me to manage. So I start again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what the prize of this game is. So you kind of get this overall thing. So there's this um, central area. And there's this uh, circling storm that comes around and destroys everything. Um, and uh, like the uh, central area, that uses all the resources, all the, like these little villages that you, these settlements that you build, um, to survive, it takes all the resources from those, and then you know uses that to survive the storm. Um, so the more you build out, and the more settlements you end up building, the better. Like the more you survive, the more points you get, etc., etc. Whatever the story is behind it, I don't really. Again, I don't really care about the story too much. What I love, though, is you basically start out and you build a village and you've got to get X amount of points. So you've got, like, 14 points you've got to get to, which should then seem relatively simple. But at the same time, there's, like, the like the leader, like, the queen of this central area um, is has an impatient score as well. So that's ticking up. So you might do things such as uh, have your beavers who are good at chopping down wood, you might have those out and about chopping wood at night when the storm's when the storm's going over and that increases her impatience. Um, and if that gets to 14 points before your overall score gets to 14 points, you lose. But if you get to 14 points, you win. And then you start to earn so each then each little run, each little settlement you build is a new game. So there's your roguelite element. And then once the queen, like, enough time passes, the overall game resets. So there's your second base of uh, of um, roguelite element. Uh, but you could get various upgrades that are permanent across everything. So you might suddenly unlock a certain type of housing that's available from the start. You haven't got to unlock with blueprints. It's just there. And you can use it. Um, you get um, different upgrades, paths, um, you might get the, all your workers work 10% faster with another upgrade, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So, the idea is the more you play, the more settlements you can build, the quicker you can get to those good scores. Um, and the balance of this game is absolutely spot on because at no point have I got to it and gone, oh, I've totally lost control now, that's it, I'm done. Because even if you lose, you go, all right, it's fine, I'll start again um, on a new village and that will do it and you're learning and you still get some upgrade points and you you got the really good like upgrade tree um and then you pick where you want to go and there's certain elements that will work for or against you different types of landscape that you have to do so each game feels very very different as well but it's concentrated so you could do a village anywhere between half an hour to an hour and a half um and you can do one a day two a day you can play it all day all night and it's just honestly it's wonderful it is an ADHD's dream of a city builder um yeah absolutely love this came out back end of last year still in early access and i just can't wait to see where this goes
1: oh very good i mean doing jobs and that with some capricious boss deciding whether or not they're happy with what you've done Sounds way too much like real life. My job for me. But you know as a city builder. It sounds pretty good.
0: Oh it is. It's the best one I've played. um, In terms of for me. So it's probably not the best city builder. Um, You know you're looking at at the likes of like uh, City Skylines. And stuff like that. Because they're genuine like full on city builders. But as I said this is brilliant. Because it's it doesn't insult you. um, And. It does all the city building stuff, all the resource management stuff, all that really well, but condenses it all into a, a system where you're doing all the fun bits and not just the of Just going right like, now, I'm just waiting uh, because that's always the point I got to, where it's like that like you're waiting, nothing's growing, and things are getting worse. And you don't know why. Um, and what this also has, and this is what I really like, you could be at a point where it looks like all hope has gone on this level, but there's always a way to pull it back. And it has some really tense moments for a city builder. You get to a lot of city builders and you go, "Ah, I've buggered this now, ain't I? That's 16,000 hours down the drain. Time to start again. Whereas this is, "Ah, bugger this up, half hour. All right, let's go. Sweet. So it's
1: early access, you said? Yep. Yep. But would you recommend people buy it now or wait until it gets its one release? Right,
0: it's the most feature complete early access game I've ever played. Nice. Uh, that that's all I can say say about it. That that's what it is. It's you know I don't think I've played anything as close to this in terms of feature completedness this. If they release this as is, I think it would go down really well. But they're not happy with where it's at yet. They want to do more. They've just added a custom. Mode where you can basically set up your own custom rules on a settlement build and play that to practice, uh, which is really really good. Um, I would like it's got a daily challenge, um, which I'm not too keen on at the moment because it's like it's basically an entire thing daily challenge, so that would take a good few hours. What I'd like to see them do is a settlement of the day, so everyone gets the exact same settlement, plays it and you get scored based on how well you've done or something like that or how quick can someone get to 14 points um, and then have leaderboards for that kind of thing but okay, it's early access as a game, as a single player game I think, yeah, it's if they release this and said it wasn't early access you'd go, yeah, that's really, really good
1: Cool, well, sounds like one for the for the fans, definitely
0: Yes, that's what we're here for, the fans Of course So what's next, Rock issue? fans Rock fans, yeah. Buy my house. Buy me a house. Don't buy, I haven't got a house to sell. Buy my house, rock.
1: <laughs> well, the next stuff I've been playing. So I had a very big sort of uh, VR journey, adventure style thing because it was like you were saying earlier. You know, you, when you've got to make a special effort to get something out, you tend to go all in on it for a while. So I played two things that I'll talk about together because they're they're both older. Uh, the first one is Res Infinite. Which on um, in PR, uh, PR, in VR is just so good. It's just it's almost like what VR was invented for for yeah. me. It's it, it's just the best. And I I played it on PSVR a few years ago, and it was okay on that, um, but the controls weren't the greatest with the ones, um, and the visuals were a bit you know a bit mucky, a bit blurry. Uh, on the psv uh yeah on the on the what's the rift (laughs) i forgot what i had (laughs) on the rift 2 that i've got um they're they're just absolutely pin sharp and beautiful and uh yeah it's just such an amazing game it it, it works perfectly and if you've got a vr headset you've just got to own it it's it's for me it's the best converted game uh in vr that's ever been made um Probably ones I've not played, but yeah. As opposed to native VR, um, um the second one. Talking of that, uh, I've been playing a VR conversion of Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus, um, which I never played. I played the Old Blood, but I hadn't played the New Colossus, and uh, it's yeah, it seems like a good enough game. It's um, obviously an FPS. It's like it's a little bit like Killzone, sort of. Um. Mm. It's less weighty, but it's still in that style. It's a good VR conversion. Um, It it doesn't stutter or anything. and The the controls are all correct and all of that, so that's great. The only problem, and it's a fairly big one for me at least, is that aiming is with the headset, and I've never liked games that are headset aiming, because you have to move your head constantly and quickly to move the reticle. Now, I can understand why they've done it, because obviously you have to move the camera and if you were moving the camera with sticks whilst your head was in a different position it would probably knock you sick really, really quickly. Yeah. Um, But it's not ideal because, yeah, you're having to whip your head around like a lot and then you're trying to keep it very, very still so the reticles like staying in one place.
0: That's got to be the next big advancement I think on VR is eye tracking built in. Yeah,
1: I agree.
0: Um, I agree because it's one of the things when I've played racing games in VR you've got to physically turn your head to kind of look at where you can usually look out of your peripheral vision that's enough to take you out of it to a degree um, whereas if you could do that it could track you would looking and you could, again you could do that reticle so you can move maybe your body and as you need to do but you know you can actually move with your eyes and look at things with your eyes and that the reticle could pick that up that's i think that's going to be game changing for vr
1: it would be absolutely amazing i really i really hope they can get there with it uh it, yeah i'll have to have a look into it and see when
0: yeah yeah when I it's technology is really really good um i i tried yeah. it on a american truck simulator a few years back using a a bog standard webcam and it was really good um surprisingly good um <clears throat> it was just like you know the software was a bit awkward to use and stuff like that but once set up really good and that wasn't even on good hardware so you know that i can imagine it's something they can do um and we've seen now you know you can pop cameras into phones that are hidden behind the phone screen so you don't it's not going to be too invasive either so it's all doable um but you know hopefully at some point
1: absolutely yeah that would be that'd be great yeah but yeah, sorry to, um,
0: sorry to hijack your your no, your not it. No, no, no,
1: <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna have a quick go of Wolfenstein in 2D and just see what I think, just in regular flat screen, and see what I think of it as a game. But yeah, no, it's I, pretty, I it's pretty like good so it. far.
0: I didn't like it. Um,
1: yeah, so
0: I like the right. So the original Wolfenstein, I really like, like the 1994, 93.
1: Well, Release. It, well, oh, on the PC? Yeah. Oh, it was about, oh, what was it, 91, 92? Because it was, was it? before Doom.
0: It was Doom. before Doom, before Doom, BD, yeah. <laughs> BD. There you go, that's a new, there we go. Now we've invented something, a new calendar. Nice. BD, and it could be AD, works then. Oh, that's true, it does. Before, oh, there you go, oh, before Castle, Castle Wolfenstein and after Doom. There you go. There's the new calendar. What year are we in now then? <laughs> Well,
1: what what was it you what was your point going to be <laughs>
0: about Wolfenstein? Oh yeah, Wolfenstein. So I enjoyed the original Wolfenstein back in the early nineties. That there you go. That could have saved us five minutes. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed the original one, and then I don't I don't think I played was there one like in the early two thousands, like on late nineties that was like fully three D and something. Like yeah. I didn't get on with that one at all. Return um, to Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah, I I I didn't that didn't that like that. I know some people did. I I didn't then wolfenstein came out the modern remake one and that i really enjoyed that but i've not really enjoyed any of the sequels and wolfenstein 2 i just found crap i just honestly did not like it at all um the only thing i did like and the reason i tried it was it pissed off nazis and nazi sympathizers yeah um, who went yeah. you can't be mean to the nazis well you can and they went we don't care what nazis think punch a nazi so yeah they deserve. Yeah. They, I think I bought it at the time. They deserve the money just for that game. Was a bit crap.
1: Yeah, fair play. I mean, it's it's difficult to judge when you're playing it in VR because you're constantly trying to. Because it's not designed for VR, you're constantly kind of learning new stuff about yeah. what the best movement is and all that kind of caper. So yeah, I'll have a go of it. In yeah, and novelty school,
0: factor think. always yeah. adds. You know, a novelty factor will add a couple of points to a game score. Always.
1: Yeah. True. True. Uh,
0: but moving on, away from Nazis, and away from VR, and away from Wolfensteins, um, I've been playing what is, quite frankly, one of the most wholesome, cutest, glorious little games I will play all year. And what are we, how many days, 12 days into 2023? Um, This is sitting right up there. as going to need some shifting as my game of the year. Little Gator game. Um, is just a joyful homage to being a kid, and growing up. So basically, you play this little uh, like little boy uh, alligator, um, and it starts off about him and his sister playing like adventure game in the park together, based on being like a, a hero. So, like basically, it's it's pretending to be a bit zelda um, especially a bit Breath of the Wildish. ish um, and you, you kind of get these like you, you make paper craft um, like you use a stick as a sword and you, you make like your shield out of paper and then you make making like they make enemies out of cardboard and, and stuff like that um, you go round and you, you get things such as like it tells you about like you get a climbing mechanic so you can only climb so far um, and you get like the uh, Breath of the Wild um, climbing Meter come up, which is really cool. And then you can oh, yeah. you can use... It, you know, a little bit later on, it tells you about a T-shirt you can get, and you can use that to float distance So it really riffs off Breath of the Wild, but not in a, oh, we're just trying to be Breath of the Wild way. Everything is small-scale, low-poly. Um, and it, it's basically going, look, we love Zelda. Um, so it's a cute nod to this. And when I first started playing it, I was like, this is really cool, but it's going to be a bit Breath of the Wild, isn't it? It goes... No, it's not. It, it uses that as a couple of base mechanics and then does its own thing. So, Essentially, you go around this island um, and you get quests off your friends. And the idea is like your sister uh, has grown up. She's gone off to like university or college or whatever, and she's too busy to play with you. She's gone to the park with you, uh, but she's just sitting doing a coursework on her computer. Um, and you're like oh but I really want you to come and play with me big sis you know please come and play with me she's like oh I don't have time for playing so you then devise this plan you get all your friends together and go if we make show her how fun it is to play she'll come and play you do these things she's like oh, no I don't want to so you go bigger and better and there's this like playground area and you could like the idea is you want to convert it into this massive like um, adventure area Um, with enemies and castles and stuff like that, all made out of cardboard. So you go round, some of your friends don't want to do it, because they go, you get over it, Uh, we've got other things to do, you go and convince them, by doing all their little quests, and it's just so, 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 so fun. It's over in about four hours, the game, uh, but it's this wonderful story, about just, about not having to grow up, but at the same time, they It's also about learning when to let go as well um, and opening your eyes to what's around you and and things like that. And it is just so joyful in so many ways, but with such a deep message as well. Honestly, I didn't know what I was expecting from this game. I got a code for it. I was expecting something from it. I was expecting it to be like just a cutesy 3D platformer, but it goes way beyond that. And it is, oh, it's just stunning. And I think coming out as late as it did, I think it will damage how many people get to play it. Um, But, you know, if this ends up in a humble bundle or something down the line, it it will get a renaissance to it. It is just the most wonderfully beautiful game perfect experience to sort of like perk you up a bit on the you know miserable opening couple of weeks january and stuff like that Uh, just yeah amazing just i will say this to anyone right it's 16 quid right at the moment on steam get it it might only be four or five hours long depending on how quickly you can play through things does not matter This is worth it. The developers deserve every penny. It is wonderful. It is brilliant. Just get this game.
1: Well, you've sold me. You've definitely sold me on it. I'm going to get it. I've seen it. Yeah, it looks like the graphic style of the Wind Waker. Um, which is a which is just an amazing style anyway you know it's it's one that you're happy to be copied because it's
0: really really gorgeous so you've nailed it it's got the art style of wind waker but with the pastel shading of breath of the wild
1: yeah lovely really lovely Um, but yeah now you've told me the gameplay is just as good as the visuals i'm in
0: i'm in and it's, right, so the only complaints I've seen about it, because I was like, this is perfect. I wonder what everyone else is saying about it, and that's generally the view. Some people have said, like, oh, you know, there's no map, so you know, it's very hard to find things, or it's quite easy to get lost. Right, now, as someone with ADHD, that should bug me. Do you know what? I did not care what iota, because there's always something to do, something to find, um, whether that is a new person to give you a little side quest that and these side quests last 20 seconds generally yeah. Yeah. uh we're not talking long witcher three style side quest they're like oh there's one like bit later in the game um, and there's this like person going around and going oh no all my little brothers they're all running around i can't get them under control you basically got to find them and they're all running around in this little area right and tiny little area you've got to run up to them, press a about and go Ah, do this. I'll oh, go over there with your sister. I do that three times. It takes about twenty to thirty seconds, and you get rewarded. Um, there's always little things like that going on, and the more that you do, the more they go. Oh, I'll come and play in your park later, and you get more and more people to come and play in your park. Um, and you know, it's just there's pots you have to sort of break, and you get um, like. Uh, confetti from it You use confetti to buy upgrades And s- new skins and stuff like that All the monsters give you confetti And the monsters are just cardboard And there's loads of little bits you just go, oh, I can hit this, I can hit this, I can hit that I can do that um, There's loads of different mechanics with it There's a giant whale for some reason At some point that shoots you up in the air It's brilliant, I don't know what that is But it's wonderful um, And it's just constant So I did not care about a map I think if this game had a map It'd lose something and it's just all about discovery and it's brilliant, beautiful, wonderful. And I will if yeah, I I will continue to beat the drum of this one for the rest of twenty twenty three.
1: Marvellous. Good. I'm gonna get that one. Definitely happening.
0: But that's it for me. That's all I've played. Those two games. Well, I had Civilization Six. I, I decided to uh, I've had Civilization Six for a number of years for some reason, probably for a bundle or something. Yeah. Um, And I've never got rounds to playing it, but I'm really finding myself enjoying uh, 4X games at the moment and builder games and stuff like that. So I'll be playing that. I'll talk about that more next week. Um, Cool. Have you got any more games or could I do a bit of a finish off with stuff?
1: I've got a one, fairly big one, actually.
0: Oh, have you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I have. (laughs) Yeah, I have got a big one. And that big one is named... Steve, no, it's named... The Callisto Protocol. Ah. So, yes, ah. yes. So, I did a trade, f- 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 uh, straight swap for God of War Ragnarok. And ah, has the I person
0: know. you traded with stopped laughing yet? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Value is in the eye of the beholder. Yes. <laughs> but um, No, so, yeah, I, I did a straight swap PS5 for Ragnarok. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it runs, I'm going to say a lot of things about the game. Many of them are negative, but the important thing to remember is I like it, I like this game, despite what I say. So first off, it's the PS5 version, it runs beautifully, so none of the PC problems, is absolutely flawless. it's over 60 frames per second, over 60, um, I'm not sure exactly what it's running at, but it's really good, totally smooth. Never falters. The graphics are absolutely stunning. They're really brilliant and so atmospheric. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of gameplay wrinkles that will put people off. Uh, and the main thing being that it's a throwback, and it it's a throwback before Dead Space. So there's a there's features in Dead Space, which is from 2008. I want to say. Yeah, that this, yeah. 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 This it's
0: PS360 era isn't it so it is
1: yeah but it has that has features that this doesn't which is a little bit crazy and some features that you'd expect so i'm going to run through a list of all the problems that the game has right so the, the, these are not, not minor niggles these are like quite big things so first off there's no map uh the levels are designed in a way that they're not very big, so that's okay. So it's not easy to get lost, but you can get lost. Secondly, there's no clicking the stick to show a line on the floor like you could with Isaac, Dead Space, mm-hmm. showing where your next objective was, which they made even better in Dead Space 2. Nope, they haven't got that. Um, there's no quick turnaround. Now, I don't think there was in Dead, the Dead Space games, but there were in all the, other, all the subsequent Resident Evil games and it showed why it was so important because it's not about combat. It's not about making the game easier. It's about when you're doing the non-combat things, making moving around more enjoyable. And they haven't put that in, and that's a big miss. Um, next is I really like the combat, but the the feedback of how and when to dodge and when to hit isn't obvious. It it, it looks it's a combat system that needed. For player feedback, you needed another six months in the oven, I think. It really did. Um, it's really good when it clicks, but then again, only really when you've upgraded your stuff. And that's my next complaint, in that the upgrades don't come around quickly enough. So they deliberately make it hard for you to upgrade, which is fine to keep the challenge level up, but they also don't introduce new weapons, and all the weapons feel the same. So if you don't like the initial weapons, you're not going to like the game, basically. Mm. Give up early on. I do. It's a really unusual thing. And you know me, I like it when developers swing for the fences, do something a little bit unusual, even if it doesn't fully work. And this doesn't fully work, but I like what they tried. So it's 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 basically all melee, and it's basically all dodging and then counterattack. And I really like that. And even though it's not been done brilliantly, it's still fun for me. Um, So, yeah, it's got a lot of problems. A lot of them were solved by Dead Space, ironically enough. But it's got an amazing atmosphere. The story is good. The acting is great. The graphics are fantastic. Um, It it plays in nice short chunks. You see new environments constantly. Um, It has a great sense of place. So the the lighting and the sort of uh, mist effects and all of those kind of environmental effects are really excellent. So they draw you in and there's snow and there's rain and there's all sorts. of just, there's a real attention to detail. I like the movement. So like when you drop off like a crate, you know, when you're climbing down, you climb down, you don't just drop like most characters do in video games. Yeah. So there's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad. It's obviously going to be a 6 out of 10 game, even 5 for a lot of people. But if it clicks, it's one of those destined to be like a cult favourite. I'm not going to say cult classic, but a cult favourite. And I'm probably going to be part of that cult.
0: Bit of enough. I'm still with me. If I see it for a fiver, I'll pick it up. um, Give it a go. Um, But aside from that, I yeah, I've already been put off, but I'm glad... Uh, again, it's what I love. It's... We don't plan this, Stu, right? There's a good point out. I like, oh, no. think we, we might have... Meat. We don't plan any of this, but as I was saying nope. about zombies earlier, um, it doesn't have to be good to be good. Um, as long as you find enjoyment in something, that's all that matters. And... Again, uh, uh, Callisto Protocol is inherently a bad game, but if you're able to get enjoyment from that, regardless, that's all that matters.
1: I agree. I, I wouldn't say it's a bad game. Um,
0: it, it's so obviously they don't set out to make a bad game. It's not trying to be a funny game or anything like that, is it? But
1: yeah, uh, it's kind of it's because it made it's made so many mistakes and. There's, there's so much more that needs doing, and there's some baffling omissions. It makes it kind of mediocre uh, Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Um, Yeah, it's, it's such a shame as well, because there's obviously so much talent behind it and so much thought gone into it, and it really is quite baffling that some things are left out. And you can only think okay, well, that must be because they didn't have the time, which, of course, is because they didn't have the money and, you know, that sort of thing. And, it, yeah, that, that part of it is a real shame. Um, they didn't do themselves any favours with it being so hyped because uh, yeah. even, even if they did everything they wanted perfectly, it would still be a niche game it would still be a SOMA, it would still be uh, uh, Amnesia, it would still be, you know, that for-thing game. It would always only ever be of that kind of calibre. It was never going to be more than that. Yeah. In a, I don't mean that as a criticism, I mean that in a good way. Um, but it was never going to be God of War Ragnarok. Just, and it was never going to be... Because even Dead Space was a sleeper hit, comparatively. Yeah. You know, it, it, was, it was well advertised but it was still kind of a bit of a surprise um so this was the inverse of that it was like dead space was like not much build-up but everybody who played it loved it and this is kind of the inverse unfortunately
0: it leads me to actually something we'll talk about more at some point this year i reckon um one of the phrases that i really dislike seeing when someone's talking about a new game is from the developers of when it's clearly not.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Let me rephrase that. I'm not saying the people who made Callisto Protocol did not work on the Dead Space series. What I'm saying is, what role did they have in that development team? Um, Because I think that's important. Um, If you're talking about one of the main people behind it, the creative side of it or the people who've done the real technical work, then you know what? Fine. But if you were someone and you worked on dead space and it was your first role out of college, you shouldn't be able to say we're making this game and I work, you know, from the developers of dead space or from the developers of X game. Yes. Um, yeah. I think there needs to be more clarity with that because I think that as miss sold the game to a degree, um, Turn around and just say, "Look, we're a small indie team. We're paying homage to what's one of our favourite games of all times. Um, some of us have had a bit of experience with the with the genre, whatever. Just something, you know, a bit a bit more punchy. The way I'm describing it, obviously, um, but be a bit more honest about it. Um, and then people be more forgiving." But they basically missold it by going, from the people behind Dead Space, here's Dead Space that you know EA aren't making. And everyone went, oh, yeah, that's what we want. And basically, they dug themselves a hole they couldn't get out of. Whereas if they'd have let this come out of nowhere, I reckon people would have played it and gone, do you know what? Yeah, it's not quite Dead Space. It's not quite as good as Dead Space. But I can see where this is going. I'm willing to give something else a chance. Whereas now, people have gone, but it's not dead space they promised us dead space for the people behind dead space and it's just not
1: yeah absolutely it's like what i don't know dark souls what what demons souls is to sekiro you know it's clearly the same type of intent but deliberately going off at a tangent it's not supposed to be uh you know a spiritual sequel to dead space in any straight by any stretch of the imagination. It it shares genetics, it shares a familial bond with Dead Space, but it's not really anything like it in, in gameplay. Um no. yeah. But yeah, no, it would have it would have been better if it was released with with lower fanfare and allowed to build an audience. But of course, to do that, they would have had to have got the PC version right, which was an absolute shit show.
0: So I'm guessing it would have run well on a deck.
1: No, I can tell you that it doesn't, because I bought the game on PC and refunded it because I was just curious about how it ran. Uh, you can barely get 20 frames per second out of it. Oof. Um, Oof. It, it just judders the entire way, and that's with It's so CPU bound, and they haven't. One of the big problems that they they that they made for themselves is they they didn't utilize different threads and cores for CPUs. Hmm. So it's bound to like one core on your CPU. So they've clearly like focused on the consoles um, and gone for like you know I think maybe four threads, two cores or something. But yeah, there's, it's just it doesn't it's not designed for the PC at all. And I think I don't think they're going to be able to fix it for the PC. I think they'll probably get it so it's acceptable. Yeah. But it's never going to be very good. Um, so I would steer clear of that. And then if you get a modern console in, in you know down the line. In the next sort of five years or so, maybe get it really cheap then and play it on that.
0: Yeah, okay, maybe not even for a fiver then. (laughs) (laughs) Not on PC, no. Um, So, moving on, and this is what I just want to finish on this because you know me, Stu, I'm a handheld gamer. Um, I think I came out as a handheld gamer at some point last year. Um, Realised I much prefer handheld gaming over any other kind of gaming. Uh, Yeah. Got Steam Deck like just solidified that and i said about i said about how i felt the switch was a flimsy actually felt really flimsy with the detachable joy cons and i found it really uncomfortable to hold and stuff like that um, i'm now tempted at some point to get a switch light and it's thanks to the retroid pocket 3 plus um i have got my retro pocket 3 plus and it's uh my very first android based handheld uh retro handheld so it requires a lot of tinkering and stuff like that which is brilliant because that's always the best part of trying to build a retro setup is the tinkering inside of it and then you get to the point where you've got to play the games and you're like oh <laughs> that's true i just want to sit and enjoy my stuff i want to fiddle um, i'm still in the fiddling stage so it's really good i've been playing a couple of bits as well though it's it's, it's a really nice little system really comfortable to hold um, and it's just an Android device, so you can stick things like Netflix on there, all the game streaming services, all that goes on there really, really well. Um, but it feels like... It, well, it's designed to look a bit like a Switch Lite, um, but it's a bit smaller. So I'd say it's about the size of a Vita, but designed like a Switch Lite. Um, and it is so comfortable to hold. Um, really surprising, because I've had like, some of the Ambedix before. And because they've got shoulder buttons that are across rather than stack, they're a bit awkward to hold and they're big, they're chunky, and a bit like in the wrong way at times. It's still really, really good, but they get a bit uncomfortable. This, though, stack shoulder buttons with analog triggers, um, well positioned analog sticks, buttons feel good, the D pad feels good. It's smoothed out, so it's not square. It's rounded around the edges and stuff like that. So it feels really good to hold. Uh, really nice screen on it. Decent interior, so you can emulate everything up to Dreamcast, PSP, uh, GameCube really well. Um, I'm having a couple of issues with my GameCube set up at the moment, but I'll get there when I get round to it. And it can do some PS2. Uh, so overall, a really good system to have. Um, but I'm just yeah, I'm really, really impressed with with this with this thing. My very first foray into Android emulation, and it's just so good. And what what's the bonus to it? Because it's Android, obviously you can play all your any Android games on it as well. So I you know I believe like Shredder's Revenge has just been released as part of the Netflix subscription for Android yes, for free. It has for um, free so yeah. I can just pop that on as well if I really fancied it. Um, And then I've got Shredder's Revenge. I went, oh, I could play Shredder's Revenge on the go, forgetting I've got it on the Steam Deck anyway. uh, But it's kind of like that whole kind of, ooh, okay. Um, But all of a sudden, it opens up, because this is Android. I've never been one for going, oh, I want to get one of those Razer Edgies or whatever, or Ishi's, or I don't know what they're called, uh, where you attach a controller to your phone. They just feel wrong. I don't know what it is. It's a me thing. They just feel wrong. I agree. And my phone's my phone. My gaming systems are my gaming systems. Um, And even though this is basically a phone, it's not. It's a gaming system because that's what's set up as. There's no, like, call functionality on it or anything like that. So I'm not even going, but this is a phone. Um, And because all the controls are built in as standard and it's all in one unit... It just feels good. All of a sudden, I'm going, well, there's so many Android games that I can now play. Because I can play them touchscreen, but I can also play them with um, with uh, controls as well. Um, and, yeah, it's just a brilliant piece of software. Um, now, what I will say is they did do a bit of a scammy, scummy thing with the release of this. Because it came out only a couple of months after the Retroid Pocket 3. Um, and improved everything for about 20 quid more. Um, which I think is a bit of a <laughs> right. crappy tactic. Uh, but yeah. if you're like me, you didn't buy a Retroid Pocket 3 at the time, then y- you're laughing. Um, but I think they should do something for people who built the 3, but they're a China-based company. They know they're going to sell loads of these. They probably don't give a flying rat's ass. But as a system, um, I'm now going down the line of, okay, I was going to be exclusively Linux. So I'm now going, okay, I'm looking forward to more of these Android ones. But... Um, and it's another one into the collection that is brilliant.
1: That is interesting. Yeah, I got a little handheld thing uh, a little while ago, a couple of years ago, that was Android based, and I was impressed with with what you could do with it for how old it was. I mean, old in like four years or something. Ah, uh, they this it, that's a good proposition. But right, okay. God. If you've got a Steam Deck, is it actually worth getting one? Yes. Why?
0: Because, one, it's smaller. Two, mine's yellow. Um, And three, it's, I love my Steam Deck. But if I'm going for a coffee, it's like packing to go, you know, it's like you're packing to go to the airport (laughs) having to take a Steam Deck. I I love it. It's big. I love that it's big. It feels brilliant. But you've got to make a conscious effort to take it with you. Whereas this, you can fling it in your pocket um it's that it's, it's it's basically it's small so it's actually pull port, like portable in terms of pocket device but big enough that you're not compromised with your game in anyway um and yeah it, you know this is purely retro um or you know android gaming which the steam deck doesn't do android gaming yep um and if i'm being totally honest do i really want to play Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on my Steam Deck um, blown up when I've got something else I could just pick up and go to it straight away. It's again, this is the Steam Deck is there and I've got sort I've got like a collection of retro stuff on there. But I'm finding myself using it for PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 and stuff like that, rather than 16 bit, 8 bit, and even some 32 bit games. So for that yeah. alone, it's having the extra device is really, really good.
1: Cool. Yeah, no, that sounds really good. And what's the recommended retail price for it? Because, you know...
0: So it's advertising. It's a bit of a, a bugger because it's like when you look around, it says like $150, which should convert to, what, 135 quid, um, which is bargainous. The problem is when I've looked around the prices, now I got mine as a, as a review unit. Um, the problem is UK-based, you're looking at nearly 200 quid. Right. Uh, Because they're very difficult to get hold of and they're always out of stocks. If you go to like a Droix or something like that, you could get an equivalent Ambenic, for example, for a much lesser price because they're easier to get. But that being said, this is the best of those devices that I've ever touched. Um, So my, my, my current setup that I've got going at the moment generally is Steam Deck. For ninety five percent of my gaming, uh, now the Retroid Pocket for uh, most of my retro gaming, um, but I've also got an RG an RG three five three V, which is like a Game Boy styled one, um, and I use that for my uh, what is original handheld gaming. So like your Game Boy, Game Gear, etc., etc. Um, and yeah, I think that's a really good setup because. There's something about playing Game Boy games on a horizontal system feels wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: Um, So having that vertical system, even if it's just for Game Boy games, which if Nintendo just released uh, the Game Boy Mini or whatever uh, with all their stuff, then grand. But until then, I would highly, highly recommend picking up like a power Kiddy or an aberdeck vertical device for for game boy games alone um and then stick an entire library on there and then one of these for everything else um so i also the way i would put it is an Ambonic vertical or power Kiddie vertical for handheld um the retroid pocket or similar for retro home consoles and then steam deck for everything else very cool nice uh, but i'll Bring it with me at the weekend and I'll show you mine.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, so yeah, me, me and Brad are meeting up on the weekend. So,
0: yeah, very good. Yeah, choose by me coffee.
1: I know, because I'm, I'm a nice guy. I'm yeah. an emotional rock.
0: Remember. It's either that or he's got a rupee at one of the two. Yeah, one of the two. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah.
1: We'll see what if, happens.
0: If Stu's the only one here next week, you know what's happened. <laughs> exactly.
1: Nowhere to point your finger of blame.
0: No. Uh but yeah, I'm looking forward to a weekend away. Hopefully we get past Toddington services this time. Uh, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think like Missy Bo Kers will be happy if we have to call her again and go, Can you send a car? I would never do that, by the way. I'm not expect, I would never expect that ever again to happen. Um, but yeah, we're doing that. We're gonna meet Stu. We're meeting some friends that we haven't met, like seen for 10, 15 years properly. Uh, we fell out of touch with Edith is uh, seeing one of like her friends she's made at football. And then on the Sunday, we're going to Manchester, well, Lee, to watch the Manchester United women versus Liverpool women game. And Edith's getting to go on the supporters coach. We're all going on the supporters coach, actually. So that's going to be nice. really fun. Can't wait. Really busy weekend.
1: Sweet. Yeah, sounds great.
0: Um, and... I don't know. By the time we get back, it'll be like, yeah, we definitely got to move again. We definitely got to move again because that's the only problem with going back to Liverpool. Every time we go, we have to move back.
1: That's a great place. It really is.
0: So uh, unless Dwayne The Rock Johnson's listening, if he's not listening, um, if anyone knows any landlords in Liverpool that want to give someone a place without, you know, having to worry about the credit checks and stuff like that. We've always paid our rent. But goes, yeah, do you know what? I've got a spare property. You can come and live in it for whatever rent you're paying now. Then, do you know what? Let us know. Okay? That's all I ask. Either yeah. The Rock buys me a house or a Scouse landlord is listed. One of the two. It's not too much. Yeah.
1: Well, one of them's bound to happen,
0: yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. The Rock's more likely, I'd imagine. Yeah, oh, Definitely definitely
1: i'm sure he's a big fan We um, could buy your house give it to me
0: and then you get your move there you go house swap yeah there you go sweet um or i'll put a bid for your house in i can only afford a tenner at the moment so if you accepted accepting that then that's good
1: <laughs> well we rent so you'd have to speak to the landlord uh, who isn't the rock unfortunately
0: i don't know why i thought you owned i'll oh, get out of there rent's bad that's the plan. Uh, I'm not going to go into a feed about why private landlords are bad and why they stop people from actually being able to own homes, uh, because we went long last week and I don't want to go overly long this week. So, do you know what I'm going to do, Stu? What are you going to do? I'm going to shut up
1: now. Okie dokie. And on the rock point, that you know, the point of the rock, the rock point. I don't know. What what could you call it? The promontory, that is the rock. We shall leave it there, and yes, as usual, um, make sure you're looking after yourselves. Follow us on all the socials, join our Discord if you want to talk about any subject, including video games or mental health. And in the meantime, until next week, stay safe and stay sane.